Hi, it's your host Matilda. And your other host Hadiza. And you're listening to the Africa Lipso Podcast. Hi guys, welcome and this is the fourth episode and today we're just going to be talking about child marriages but before we go ahead, Hadiza, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you? I mean, I'm stressed, school, school, like school and everything, you know, I'm just stressed about that but you know, we live, we experience, we learn. I'm actually pretty excited for school because it means like I'm almost done so like... Yeah, we're actually almost done so this year and then starting to worry about like careers and finding a job and things like that so yeah. Yeah, that's the thing to worry in the final Mm -hmm. year. But we'll survive, we'll survive. So yeah, as we said today we're going to be talking about child marriages and just how it affects us because I was thinking it's definitely something people always think about. I think mostly because Every single time, like, feminists on Twitter start talking about, you know, cooking or whatever, like, people, Nigerian men on Twitter are always like, uh-uh, why, why are feminists always talking about cooking, that they're more important issues, issues, like, child marriage. Child, child marriage. So, special. here we are. Since this is on great demand, let's talk about child marriages, since that's the most important. And it is, I mean, like, it definitely is a, an important one, but, I mean... I feel like everything is important. It's all part of patriarchy, but like yeah, everything is important. I mean, yeah, I feel like they're they're like to some extent they are right in the sense that they are more important issues things, that are yeah. pressing than like talking about cooking and things like that. It's like I feel like what a lot of men have been saying is that like women just say, "Oh, I'm not going to cook at all." A lot of men have been saying that like women are kind of also starting to look down on other women who also decide they want, they to. want to cook. Yeah, or they want to. So it's kind of be, like men I feel like some men are seeing it go towards that direction, direction where it's like femininity what is associated with femininity is now beginning to be shunned yeah yeah I've as opposed to just like thing. okay yeah it depends on the situation like some people prefer cooking more some people prefer cooking less it depends on the person you're with and your partner yeah. some people are just going off flat out and mean like do not cook for your man if he's not like things like that without yeah, yeah. I, de- I definitely see where they're coming but mm-hmm. I mean yeah I guess it's still an important mm-hmm. thing to talk about but yeah but that's not what we're going to be talking about on this episode we are going to be talking about child marriages and its importance and why we should actually all care about it right and as much as I feel like um, child marriages when you hear child marriage you think oh does this still happen or is this still something where like in 21st century we're in 2018 as people mm-hmm. like to say and people always think oh yeah like this doesn't occur anymore that kind of thing but tra- child marriages are actually very prevalent they occur in more than 50 developing nations around the world according to Girls Not Brides the organization they estimated that 50 million girls around the world are getting married off before 18 annually and one out of nine girls in developing nations will be married before they're 15 so one out of nine that's like that's why if you count nine girls one of them would that's crazy Mm -hmm. to think about right Mm -hmm. but then that's in like nine um like developing nations because i feel like all these countries Developed countries have basically moved uh, above it, like not necessarily not, though. But because no, not, according uh, to um, the globalcitizen.org, even though it's made illegal in the United States, you still have like in New Jersey, for example, like about 
3,000 children were married off between 1995 and 2012. Mm. Some of them with parental consent, and then they were between the ages of 16 and 17. And then there have been some 100 and something marriages approved by judges in Western society between 13 and 15. So it is, and it's, it has been between a child and an adult. So it's not like it's two. It's not like child, child. Okay. So like it's like yeah. It's so still, it is happening. It's still okay. a worldwide problem. I feel. Actually, in Nigeria, to be more specific, forty-three percent of girls are married off before their eighteenth birthday. Seventeen percent before they are fifteen, and that is UNICEF um, statistics. Mm-hmm. But then when you hear those numbers, forty-three percent, that sounds like crazy. That's almost fifteen, fifty um, percent. That's right? almost half of our population. Yeah, like what? That doesn't make sense. But then. There's actually a prevalence of child marriages in the north. So I feel like Nigerians, we don't really think... When we think Nigeria, for some reasons, we only think like Lagos. Mm-hmm. But there's so much more to Nigeria, right? Mm-hmm. And I, it's so... um, It's like... It can be as low as 10% in mm-hmm. the southeast, mm-hmm. but then go as high as 70, 76% in the north. Mm-hmm. 76 that's most majority of girls are married before they're 18 in in yeah so that's crazy it's very interesting to think about because when i when i hear these numbers and i put them into perspective in nigerian common like well i would say common social norms or common social culture they expect women to have been married by like 25 yes right? yes 24 20 they, they, say, you're they say you're expired after 25 that kind no, of no you're expired after 30 after 30 they give you grace but then okay so they give you a grace yeah, period between five 25 years. and yeah. 30 yeah that yeah. kind of thing but then it's when you think about it, it's like 25 is sort like okay i'm i'm 25 is sort of 18. It's sort of young. Okay. It's sort of young. Like, I mean, for 25 to be cut off mark, like, for, like, like, I'm saying 25 is young. It's young still. So, like, for 25 to be a cut off mark, then a lot of adult men may not seem to have problems generally in the culture with, like, dating young yeah, yeah, I girls. see what you mean. Do you get the one trying to Because, I mean, if 25 is a cut of mark for marriage, yeah. then, like... Then below 18 is, like... Then okay, 18, like then maybe, maybe 16, you're like, oh, you're already... They, they see you as you're already a mature woman, yeah, that rife, kind of thing. Rightful harvest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 I want to harvest. <laughs> okay, so, like, we should talk about the reasons this is happening. Because when you think about it, you think this is outrageous. Like, why would a guy look at someone below 18 that's basically a child, innocent, while not necessarily like innocent but like mm-hmm. still like developing and see this person as attractive mm-hmm. for marriage like that's crazy but one of the reasons one of the mm-hmm. main reasons is um religion mm-hmm. religious beliefs so a majority especially in nigeria a majority of the child brides are from islamic homes mm-hmm. um because it's encouraged apparently pre- in islam marriage to younger kids like to children is actually encouraged it's the norm but Hadiza do you want to speak more about I wouldn't say okay so first of all I wouldn't agree with in Islam because I feel like most religions Islam doesn't have an a cut off age as in like oh you cannot marry before you're 18 that kind of thing Islam doesn't also talk about marriage in relation to age at all so it doesn't Mm -hmm. offer any form of encouragement neither does it discourage it just doesn't say anything the only thing Islam at least from growing up I know that Islam says is that um, children who have reached the age of 
puberty, both men and women, both male and female, uh, start to be accountable for their sins when they reach puberty. Mm-hmm. But that's about it. What about the thing with the what what hadith that mm-hmm. um oh okay prophet so Muhammad so so they also had this that say that the prophet married one of his wives when she was a child, and then I don't know honestly, I don't really believe generally in hadith. Some some Muslims would listen to it and be like, oh, she's not Muslim. I don't really care, but like, could you I talk just a bit about like what hadith? Okay, so hadith, just briefly. Hadith is attributed. A hadith is like the what people attribute as the sayings and the actions of the prophet, and as well as the people surrounding the prophet, right at that time, right. But it's just like saying, yes, yeah, saying like like, like hearsay, hearsay, that kind yeah. of thing. It doesn't have. I feel. I feel Quran. like it doesn't have. No, I feel like it doesn't have as much credibility as the Quran because the Quran is supposedly the word of God, right? Mm-hmm. So, and the Quran, in the Quran, it says that the Quran would protect itself from, like, corruption or something like that. Mm-hmm. But then the Hadith is, like, hearsay, and the Hadith wasn't really compiled until, like, so many years after, after. the death of the Prophet, right? So, mm-hmm. it is that while the Quran was memorized by a lot of people, and, like, there were people who constantly checked to make sure the Quran was exactly memorized the way, like, from the way the Prophet had said it, the prophet explaining the revelations after was not memorized the way the Quran itself was, was memorized. Yeah, so basically, so hadith, so hadith is very questionable, okay. and then it is very questionable because um, a lot of hadith, like you see, one hadith saying something very outrageous, and another hadith saying something very like normal, and it's like, how do you put this thing? Some hadith that directly contradicts the Quran, and like, it's just like, so I don't believe in hadith in yeah. totality. But we have that in mm-hmm. Christianity as well, because mm-hmm. I mean, the way that the books were, in the Bible were curated, mm-hmm. it was also based on, like, they had to meet some certain criteria or something like that, but I mean, what? who's to say which is correct and which, I, I mean, I'm not going to get into mm-hmm. that. But okay, but then, so, yeah, so, but then in mm-hmm. Islamic, um, in Islamic culture, I would say there are a lot of I, I'm not disputing the fact that there are lots of like Islamic people claiming that it is Islamic for you to marry off your child early and then the people say like the prophet did it so so can I and there are also people who feel like it's even going to help your child because like mm. they would compare your child to like um, children of like this generation and be like oh yeah so children of this generation like they're staying too long before they get married they're going to fall into fornication oh, we and can things talk, like yeah, this yeah 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 that's definitely something that so yeah up. but that that again can now be looked at as culture rather than the actual islam yeah yeah right? i would say exactly. it's more culture mm-hmm. that's but people have so merged religion with culture. Like, culture that we don't even know because i mean people will say that it's islam but i would argue that it's rather it's culture culture right mm-hmm. and then uh, christianity also believes like in um, virginity until marriage so they would rather marry you off early mm-hmm. than for you to have premarital sex mm-hmm. because it's a sin which right? is the same for islam yeah, exactly well. mm-hmm. so then there's also culture because um child marriages are rooted in cultural traditions as you said like mm-hmm. it's, it's more like culture rather mm-hmm. than like um yeah and i feel like i feel like um if it, it seems like it was commonplace even before the advent of religion for our forefathers marrying cho- like very young younger i mean for the fact that That's it's something kinda... that has carried over till now i feel like it's something that generations 
prior and to this like, generation have been doing. It kind of makes sense mm-hmm. uh, because it's just now that research is actually coming out as to like the negative effects of and like so if you don't know any better then you would just continue doing what mm-hmm. I mean once you have puberty you think that it's okay for people to just go on and get married you know but like it would make sense and then um, th- it's also the fact that like you know it's just recently like marriage is your decision you can go and do whatever you want before it's, it's your family that kind of picks who you're going to get married to and everything so yep. it's, it's also culture in the sense that like your family picks when you're going to marry and who you're going to marry so I mean child marriages yeah. will ha- happen if that's the that, situation. situation I think yeah. marriages are also very prevalent in like poverty stricken areas right so it's now like because women aren't necessarily seen as providers, they're seen as property that the family owns. Mm-hmm. If the family wants to gain leeway into like, okay, a more influential family, for example, or like something is happening and they can no longer provide for that girl, mm-hmm. they'll be like, you're serving, it's kind of like a duty to your family to mm-hmm. get married to and take care of your husband because it, it puts your family in a better light. It's kind of like you're carrying honor for your family, essentially. Yeah, right which kind of leads into the next point where like, it's virginity is kind of tied to your family's honor so it's like if you are going out and you're sleeping with some like losing your virginity before marriage then you brought like great dishonor mm-hmm. and that's a thing I, I i can't remember what it was something about like mostly um like arab mm-hmm. influenced cultures like mm-hmm. it's almost legal for them to actually kill they can kill their kid like their daughter if she's promiscuous um because she has brought dishonor to the family i read about it it's legal like it's not because it is your child and you can do it it's not like looked at as Mm -hmm. like that big of a deal and i think it some cases of it happened in canada Mm -hmm. and then they were like you can't come and be doing that yeah in this country yeah yeah, that kind of thing but um, this is just paraphrasing because I'm not very sure but I know I studied it at some point like when Mm -hmm. I was in CIC um and then a lot of it is also gender equality let's be very honest Mm -hmm. people don't see women I think cultures for a long time have been very patriarchal so they don't really see women as that useful like they're not they see them of, as of lesser value, almost like mm-hmm. like a, a commodity. Like yeah. let's trade her for more sort wealth. Of, yeah, more. Family. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't see what else she can do apart from marriage. Mm-hmm. Like do you get. Mm-hmm. So that was what she could do for the family. For the family. So yeah, it's. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't. So social values too. Um, so there was this um story about some girl in the south of Nigeria, and like she got married off to a family member or something after her dad died, and like they couldn't afford to pay anything for her like as you said Mm -hmm. so it's in that case it's not a cultural norm for them because it was like in a do or something like that so it's not it's not a normal thing in their society for that to happen but when those instances happened in her family they had to give her up for marriage do you guess so Mm -hmm. sometimes it's not necessarily the culture but societal pressures can also affect like but i mean the culture because the thing is the culture allows for that to happen because the thing is if it wasn't normal in the culture even if her father died and there was no more financial there's no money coming into the family essentially if it wasn't a part of the culture already Mm -hmm. they wouldn't see that as an option at all yeah. Given that that wasn't the circumstance did not happen, they would not have sold her. Like Which if is all true. things were good, mm-hmm. like I feel like they would it wouldn't have been a norm for them to want to sell her. Mm-hmm. So like I think in in that story when I was reading it, her aunt and her uncles were like they were even like were doing her a favor. Like this is 
what is good for her. We have good intentions toward her, mm-hmm. towards her. We don't want her to suffer, that kind of thing. So, yeah, it was crazy, mad, twisted. Like, mm-hmm. when you hear all these things, like, we're doing you a favor, actually. Like, no, you... And, I mean, a lot of times, too, the families feel like... It, which is why poverty is really, like, a big thing. Because a lot of times, the families feel like this is the best for themselves, their daughter... That kind of thing. I mean, some families wouldn't really care about like where their daughter is going as long as it's doing what's best for them. Oh, no. But then sometimes the family sees, okay, the man they're marrying, the girl is being married into, is going to um, take bear care of her better. better. The man's going to take care of her, her better hair. Hey, yeah. when you're Ghanaian in your heart, okay? Yeah, the man's going to take care of her better, like things like that. So, yeah. I so, just, poverty definitely. Poverty. So, statistically, it's found that girls with three or fewer years of schooling are five times more likely than girls with eight or more years of schooling to marry before they turn 18. Mm -hmm. So education really plays a big role. I feel like when you start educating girls, they're like, I mean, this is not necessarily a path I have to follow. Mm -hmm. Like, I can aspire to much more than Mm -hmm. this. Like, so education, I think, is a very big one. And Mm -hmm. it ties in with poverty because if they could afford to send her to school, she would be in school. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, poverty and education definitely play... So in areas where there's a lot of poverty, women are usually oppressed in general, and then girls are usually sold. Let's talk about the laws in Nigeria. Uh-huh. <laughs> because our constitution very is very... Um, is nice and very nice. <laughs> very nice. So in March 1991, Nigeria ratified the United Nations Convention of the Rights of the Child. And that was from 1989. So it was it's just a human rights treaty um, accounting for the rights of kids. Mm-hmm. But the legal definition of a child is a human being below the age of 18 years. Unless under the law applicable to the child, the majority is attained earlier. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> if you really look at that, it says, I mean, you're a child if you're below 18, except if in that situation, in the country that it applies, a child is looked at as something less than that so it's it it's kind of a law counseling it it created so in within one sentence mm-hmm. it has essentially created a law but within the same sentence it has cancelled the Cancel first the law first it's so what is it really so good? it's essentially nothing is this the actual law yeah like exactly word for word yeah no no like for real yeah that's what the child like it's not no 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 but like it's not a like this is the actual law itself yeah i do understand yeah mm-hmm. it defines it as a child that's the definition of a no, child. No, but this doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any law. sense at all. So yeah, the um, senator, I think he's a senator. He actually stated that Islamic law allows marriage not by age, but by maturity, which is attained once a girl reaches the age of puberty. And then puberty just means the girl has begun her reproductive cycle. Yeah, that doesn't it mean, doesn't it, mean she's maturity, developed, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. But yeah. people tend to see that. So it's, it's crazy. Okay, another interesting fact. Section 23 of the Constitution of the Federal Republic of Nigeria says a person under the age of 18 is incapable of contracting to a a valid marriage. marriage. Mm -hmm. If such a marriage does take place, it should be declared null and void and of no effect. Mm -hmm. Okay, we've heard. Contradicting this, in this same Constitution, Section 29, it says... This is by its provision that any woman who is married shall be deemed to be of full age. Mm-hmm. So, what? It's saying that somebody under 18 is not capable of contracting a valid marriage. So, essentially, if is, I'm 16 and I say I want to get married and I get married, my marriage is not real. Like, it's not. It's not. 
But then they're also saying that like later on in if if I am married, then I am deemed to be a full age. <gasps> oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, so what the heck? Like, but anything is so 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 no 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 no. Actually, actually. So this is by a provision that anyone who is married shall be deemed to be of full age. So that means Which if a person that. if no, not really, because a person okay. under the age of eighteen is incapable of contracting a valid marriage. So I am sixteen. If I say I want to be married now, right? Because I am sixteen, I even though I say I am married, I am not married. So the law sees me as not married, right? So I am not married. It's written on my register. Even though I say I want, I want to sign to be like I am married, they will let's imagine it like this. I bring a paper say I am married, but they look at my age. They would stamp it I am not married, right? Okay. Essentially, but then um, so they're essentially because they have the government has stamped it that I cannot marry before I am eighteen. That means I am not married, even though I I said I want to be married by 16. So by the second statement, if the law actually operates properly, the second statement would be true. If they meet somebody who is deemed of full age, right? And they go back to their history and see they actually got married at 16. The law should invalidate that marriage because she actually got married at 16. That marriage is not valid. So the second one agrees with the first one. But here's the problem, though. Mm -hmm. The country is bound by federal laws, Mm -hmm. in quotes. But then federal laws cannot be applied on marriages contracted under customary or Islamic laws. Mm -hmm. So if you are married traditionally, Mm -hmm. then that second statement is going to apply. Do you get what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because our customs, the, the law doesn't very much account for what happens traditionally and mm-hmm. like customary. So if this woman is not married by the federal law, mm-hmm. she's married, which is usually what happens. Mm-hmm. She's married um, traditionally. Then this second statement is going to apply because regardless, she is married. So she shall be deemed to be of full age because she's married regardless. Do you get it? The, the problem with the law is that it, it states what it states. And when people go to like the courts, they can use anything that con- that even this, in the slightest can contradict itself mm-hmm. to win that case. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. It can't be so, so open-ended. Vague, because like the thing this, is, yeah. like you said, if it's federal, they, they can get... The federal law should extend also to... Like, like traditional, traditional, and they should put that down. Yeah, like it literally should, put it. Yeah, down. it should be. It should be obvious because I feel like if it was actually, if this was actually overarching, like as per a person in Nigeria, doesn't matter what religion, doesn't matter, is married basically traditionally. That is not seen as you are married. You know, some people don't marry federally in Nigeria. Some yeah, people just marry traditionally. traditionally and yeah, I, know, I know that. And the, this law does not include quite, them. It doesn't include them because it's not included in law. Yeah. So they wouldn't bother tracking you down because yeah. it's like you're not yeah. included yeah, in Yeah, that's literally what happens. I think that's what usually happens. Mm-hmm. You know, all these Nollywood movies that the family would come and they would take all the woman's possession or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, the law can't defend you if you were really never married by mm-hmm. law. Do mm-hmm. you get what I mean? So I feel like all these kind of things mm-hmm. leave open loopholes. When... Um, um, okay, right, we're going to talk about later on, we're going to talk about like the solutions. Mm-hmm. Like we can't really just look at it as law. It needs to be practical mm-hmm. because a lot of things in Nigeria are not covered by the law. Mm-hmm. So we can't just keep saying make new laws, blah, blah, blah. But we'll talk about later, that later. So let's talk about the consequences of child marriages really because 
there are negative effects and one of the biggest ones is um vaginal fistula um so fistula is reportedly one of the worst epidemics predominantly caused by child marriages it's a hole between the vagina and the bladder that is caused by prolonged obstructed labor causing a woman to have no or insufficient voluntary control over her urination or defecation or both Uh So it happens when the body hasn't developed well enough and the woman is already like in labor. Like, do you get what I mean? Uh So it's one of the biggest things. Um, According to Girls Not Bride, 65% of all cases of fistula occur in girls under the ages of 18. So like, it's not that it doesn't happen otherwise, but 65% of it occurs then. And I think that's what that movie, um, there was this Stephanie Okereke movie, Dry, and it was about that. Like she was, um, she kind of depicted, have you seen that movie? No, I've seen, I've seen the ad, the okay. advertisement for it. Yeah, that movie, bro, I thought that movie was really good. Apart from her fake accent, she was meant to have grown up in, um, the <laughs> in the UK, but had, did not reflect it but okay okay mm, yeah. sure that was not the point of it went to fuck um <laughs> it wasn't that bad <laughs> but yeah 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 but that movie now was listen really to this good. podcast and be like what the hell <laughs> like you were supposed to be talking about <laughs> no, marriage. why are you making fun of my house? we're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna do that <laughs> on a more serious note it, it's so serious because uh-huh. when i saw that it, like it really touched like it really was like what the heck like uh-huh. how do people see that it happens and uh-huh. then they just ignore it like obviously but I think it's that people are just not educated. It uh-huh. happens in places where people are not educated. Uh-huh. And what really hurts is the fact that they actually blame the girl for having it. Like when she has it, obviously she can't control her um like pooing and urinating and then they say that she's cursed and mm. then they isolate her they mm. can even banish her from like the village or mm. whatever like it's her fault mm-hmm. like she was ma- what the heck i can't even um other physical effects that result from child marriages anemia high blood pressure premature birth or malnutrition sexually transmitted diseases because apparently in places where child marriages occur like they're not educated about these things so mm-hmm. yeah stds Sometimes the girls will get like HIV. It's very predominant. Um, postpartum depression. Um, I can see that happening and possibly suicide because their mental health is not yeah. peak. But then, um, there's also other implications. I feel like, you know, the poverty thing, like we were talking about the fact that poverty, it's because of poverty that a lot of that happens, but it continues to perpetuate the cycle of poverty because the mothers are children. They can't raise educated people. So it just keeps perpetuating the cycle of poverty and mm-hmm. everything. And I think that's... If you don't see the plight of girls, like if you don't see that girls are human beings and they should get the same rights, like every single person des- deserves the same rights. Even if you yourself, like listening in your house, you're privileged enough to not have been married off as a child mm-hmm. or be in a society like that. Think about like how kids are going through that. Mm-hmm. And they're human beings too. Anyone mm-hmm. could have been there. But if that's not enough for you, think about the fact that it's still perpetuating the cycle of poverty mm-hmm. and that like Nigeria cannot move forward without carrying everyone because the children of the people who are not educated are also likely to not also be educated as well Mm -hmm. so like it's just 
yeah it just continues haram and then it causes but then it's also important to note that the reason why it happens is because it is a social like the people who perpetuate or people who continue these things don't necessarily think no. it is wrong or no have the consciousness that it is wrong Correct. the way that we understand Correct. how wrong Correct. it is Correct. so it's important to not look at it like they're bad necessarily but look and at ways not, to yeah. like change their way of thinking like look for take initiative like look for initiatives that could help change the like social situation around like people happening this could be by improving poverty creating better access to schools like for those children like i don't know like just education 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 like, so we things. can't stress that enough uh-huh. education is so important like i can't stress it enough uh-huh. but that's that's a really good segue into like what we can do about it uh-huh. because as you said and as i guess we've kind of stressed in this episode it's uh-huh. the people that do it most times not all the time they actually don't know that what they're doing for the girls is the actual worst possible thing they can they do. can they do think es- they are really helping them. especially because and i feel like it might be because because it, it has been done previously in the past, like their own generations before and before. But then when you when they they haven't, they're not looking at it in terms of like the world are wide now. Like okay, so by doing this to my child, this is not the way the world currently runs. The world doesn't like people don't marry off like yeah, underage children. Like these are not things that happen. And if they might also be doing it just to get themselves out of financial burdens or situations. So there are lots of factors that lead to child marriages. Mm-hmm. It's not always like it's not always a malicious of a malicious Thank intent, you. you know, that kind of thing. But, but it's, it's also as a result of, like, the poverty that they're, face, mm-hmm. they're facing could also be as a result of the greediness in, like, the country and everything. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, if they were educated, if there was enough allocation of, like, of funds, resources. funds, resources to, especially the North, because we saw it at the beginning, 76%. Mm-hmm. If, and we know that the North has the greatest poverty um in Nigeria, anyways, like the uh-huh. greatest um, amount of poor people are not just poverty, abject poverty. Uh-huh. So, like, we know it's also, it's not just them, it's also as a result of what we even in the South are doing. Do you uh-huh. get what I mean? Uh-huh. So, it's kind of like a cycle that we keep perpetuating. So, uh-huh. We just need to all contribute to it. Like, that's what uh-huh. I mean. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, what are the possible solutions that, um, that we can do to help out? So, child marriage is a product of socialization. Like, basically, a summary of what I said earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to be aware of, like, the cultural, social, and economic factors that drive child marriages. Like, we need to know, like, what causes it. Like, what is going on in the minds of people who perpetuate these things over and over mm-hmm. again. And we need to get to the roots, try and understand it from their perspective. And then we can actually start to make solutions, come to come up with solutions that will actually be efficient, the solutions that would actually work, you know, solutions mm-hmm. that are long-lasting. Mm-hmm. For, for you to that, you have to put yourself in the position of the girl, the parents, like, everybody, that kind of thing, everybody yeah. and just You can't just and, come in and bark. I just tell them what to do because there's already a whole system, system that work, that's, they think is working, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So you have to find ways to, to come in. And it can, it can never be a short-term solution. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not something we can do now. Now, mm-hmm. a lot of people rejoice over, like, the passing of laws. Like, when, mm-hmm. um, like, in Mali, I think it was Mali, um, they passed, like, a law in the 2000s that, mm-hmm. like, the legal age of marriage is now 18 because not everywhere in Africa was it legalized up mm-hmm. to 18, right? Mm-hmm. And everyone just rejoices and they're like, okay, at least the law is there. But 
we all know that the law is not enough. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't just say the legal age of marriage is 18 and then change all these cultures. The law is... It's, it's a good starting point, but then we need to go into the communities. We need to encourage the drivers of this thing, religious leaders. They need to also be um, accountable. Like, they need to be educated. Uh-huh. They themselves need to know that it's not helping their society. Uh-huh. And then when you change the drivers of the the issue, you will you solve it at the... You nip it at the bud. Uh-huh. I think that's the saying. Is that the saying? Nip it at the bud? Uh-huh. Oh, thank God. Okay. Don't worry, you're not, you're not chatting shit. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact is actually that the family loves them and thinks what they're doing, uh-huh. right? As we've said, yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah, we have to be able to also prioritize from a national level. Um, we need to be able to prioritize budgets towards child marriages because I think, I can't remember the amounts that the they put into the Nigerian government puts into fighting child marriage because on surface level we always shout okay we want to solve these things but then you see the budget and not much is going towards mm-hmm. solving these issues so do you really want to solve and it's it? not even just like I feel like Nigeria is a, like Nigeria um, I mean looking from the outside anyways it looks like the Nigerian government has a problem with even though they do allocate um, even though they are able to let's say they decide to allocate money to solving a cause right the problem is do they make sure they are proper like there's a proper setup to make sure those things are implemented properly like who is doing what are people being held accountable are people being made to show what they have done to actually like make the situation better you know how are those funds being misused are they just being flat out stolen like you know there are so many (laughs) things so it's just like you get like a lot it, it goes back to our system as you know like improving Nigerian system as a whole, even and it, as yeah, well. it always boils down to yeah. this, and it's the frustration of it all because it, it, it's it's also it's always a cycle. Yeah, like it's not like it's one thing leads to the other leads to the other, so it always yeah. goes back to. But there's still things that we yeah. can do. Lastly, one of the biggest solutions mm-hmm. is improving the value of a girl, which is I kind of ties to what I first said. You know how with the whole um cooking and whatever thing, mm-hmm. I think it's about patriarchy. To start with like uh-huh. i know there are more important things than others uh-huh. i can agree with that definitely i mean you can't compare cooking with, with I mean, um, marrying someone yeah. up, like as a child uh-huh. that is definitely not comparable but what i mean is it's the overarching idea of it all that uh-huh. we need to actually address uh-huh. because if women were seen as of equal value as men in uh-huh. in total uh-huh. All of this cooking, whatever, it would fall in line. Do you get what uh-huh. I mean? It would be corrected. So when people argue about all these things, it ultimately they're arguing just see girls as of equal value. Uh-huh. See them as they can do also. They can also do greater things. Uh-huh. They can become whatever they want to become. Uh-huh. Just as men are free to do, do to do that in society. The thing is, it's not like I do. I like. Let me just say it out there. Feminists are not against women cooking. For all these people uh, that well, want to understand need, yeah. this, all these people that are angry about this, if you if you want your wife to cook for you, you I'm, get a woman I'm that like, likes cooking. And you get a woman that likes cooking, but like if you are with a woman that doesn't like like cooking or something Why are like you that, with a woman don't that likes don't pressure don't don't say oh, but this is your marital duty to me. That's incorrect. At least in this time that we live in, like the yeah. time we live in. Women, it's 2018. Yeah, bro. like women, women it. work, women have responsibility. Women have 
social responsibility in terms of like driving the economy and things like that women have an economic responsibility as well now so it's you can't be saying that at this point in time yeah. if that's something she wants to deal with then yes if it's something neither of you want to deal with then people can arrange for something like it i feel like it just depends like feminism is all about like the women being able to make the choices without whatever like, choice they want. whatever choice they want without any you know kind of somebody saying that's not what women do or like that's not like you know priest making women like fall into a certain role role essentially and it should go the same with guys i mean i feel like guys too shouldn't feel like they can't they express have emotions to, yeah they can't be this they, they yeah or they we don't have to be in some certain mode mm-hmm. we can choose whatever we yeah. want to yeah correct 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 so but yeah let's improve the value of girls and not just girls from rich families girls even those that are not privileged because mm-hmm. we need to do that yeah so um i encourage you guys to please don't stop the conversation here don't just listen to this and hear it and be like okay try to actually look for initiatives around you or start initiatives by yourself that like look into solving these things um i myself would try to go look for um, NGOs and all these things that are looking into it and then try to get involved please look into it it's actually a very serious issue and we urge you guys to do that um so that's been today's episode i really hope you guys have learned a lot or maybe not if you have any additional ideas that you want to let everyone know please tweet at us at africalipsopod on twitter and we'll definitely share your thoughts we want to build a community so that's what we're here for we want everyone to hear it yeah and on our Twitter page, we're going to post links or um, post links to like um, resources. Resources yeah. you can if you go to support or donate to like causes that would help um, that that are working towards um, ending child marriages and correct, correct. that kind of thing. So we're going to post it when we post our this, this episode, episode. Yeah, when well this episode as, drops. Yeah, yeah, as well as like just have the links floating around. Yeah, correct. And um, I just want to let you guys know that next week's episode will come out on Monday instead of Wednesday because it's Independence Day next week and it's only right to bring it out on October 1st. I mean, it only makes sense. We hope next week's episode is going to be good. I hope you guys will enjoy it. But yeah, please always give us feedback. We're looking for ratings on iTunes because yeah, that's the only way other people can hear about it. Um, Let us know what you think. Thank you so much, guys, for listening to this episode. We'll catch you next week. Yeah, I'll see you guys soon. Um, next week, just just so you guys will listen to us next week, you're going to hear me, Hadiza, speaking pigeon. So if you always wanted to, if you always wanted to hear me speak pigeon, now is your time, bro. Don't die. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye, guys.